So we record several episodes at a time, and that way we're not reading this every day or whatever. Yeah, what, three or four days at a time? Yeah, three or four days at a time, and we just stopped at day 118, and I said, wow, I'm so glad I get to go off and I'm going to hit the gym and have a great afternoon, and Chip said, no, 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 just sit down. Sit down, Eric. Yeah. It's First Chronicles time. First Chronicles 7 through 10 time. I, I think we're going to finish off these names today, I believe. I just wrote yeah, I think recently. so. Yep. We're getting yep. pretty close. Well, we'll have a little bit in 11, but we got, we're got. we just going to do it. Not only are we going to – well, we won't get to 11 for a little while, though. Yeah. Because okay. we got to go back to the story of David next. True. So we got time. We got time. So anyway, we're doing it, so you're doing it. Yep, First Chronicles 7. A lot of names. And I know a lot of you write in and you ask, you say, Chip, Eric, who were the descendants of Issachar? Well, today is your day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of waiting on that one. So Yeah, so if we haven't responded, that's why. Mm-hmm. The four sons of Issachar, First Chronicles 7, were Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. The sons of Tola were Uzi, Raphiah, Jeriel, Jam- Jamai, Ibsam and Shemuel, each of them was the leader of an ancestral clan. At the time of the king of King David, the total number of these mighty warriors listed in the, the records of these clans was 22,600. The son of Uzai was Israiah. The sons of Israiah were Michael, Obadiah, Joel, and Ishia. These five became the leaders of clans. All of them had many wives and many sons, so the total number of men available for military service among their descendants was 36,000. The total number of mighty warriors from all the clans of the tribe of Issachar was 87,000. All of them were listed in their genealogical records. So now you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. So you can stop asking us that question. Seriously. Uh, Next, we have the descendants of Benjamin. Three of Benjamin's sons were Bela, Becker, and Jediel. The five sons of Bela were Esbon, Uzi, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Eri. Each of them was a leader of an ancestral tribe. The total number of mighty warriors from these clans was 22,034, as listed in their genealogical records. The sons of Becker, they were Zamirai, Joash, Eleazar, Elioni, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Anathoth, and Elamath. Each of them was a leader of the ancestral tribes, the total number of mighty warriors and leaders from these clans was 20,200, as listed in their genealogical records. The son of JDL was Bilhan. The sons of Bilhan were Jush, Benjamin, Ehud, Kenaiah, Zetham, Tarshish, and Ahishar. Each of them was the leader of the ancestral tribe from the clans, a total number of mighty warriors, ready for war was 17,200. The sons of Ur were Shuppim and Hapim. Woohoo! Shuppim and Hapim! Yeah, they're back in action. Hashim was the son of Ahur. Descendants of Naphtali. The sons of Naphtali were Jaziel, Guni, Jezer, and Shalom. These were all descendants of Jacob's concubine, Bilhah. Next up, we have the descendants of Manasseh. The descendants of Manasseh, through his Aramean concubine, included. Azrael, she also bore Machir, the father of Gilead. Machir found wives for Huppam and Shuppam. Oh, good. Yeah, Yeah, good job. I'm glad they ended up happy. Yeah, me too. I don't know if they're happy, but they have wives. (laughs) Machir had a sister named Maka. One of his descendants was Zeliophad, who had only daughters. I remember that. Yeah. Machir's wife, Maka, gave birth to a son whom she named Parash. His brother's name was Sharash. The sons of Parash were Ulam and Rakem. The son of Ulam was Bedan. All these were considered Gileadites, descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh. 
Machir's sister, Hemolekath, gave birth to Ishhad, Abiezar, and Mala. The sons of Shemida were Ahayam, Shechem, Lichai, and Anayam. Descendants of Ephraim. The descendants of Ephraim were Shuthela, Bered, Tehath, Eliada, Tehath, again, Zabad, Shuthela, Ezer, and Eliad. These two were tried killing. These two were killed, sorry, were killed trying to steal livestock from the local farmers near Gath. Their father Ephraim mourned them for a long time, and his relatives came to comfort him. Afterwards, Ephraim slept with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Ephraim named him Bariah because of the tragedy his family had suffered. He had a son, or he had a daughter named Shira. She built the towns of Lower and Upper Beth Horon and Uzen Shira. The descendants of Ephraim included Repha, Reshef, Tila, Tehan, Ladan, Amehud, Elishema, Nun, and Joshua. The descendants of Ephraim lived in the territory that included Bethel and its surrounding towns in the south, Naran to the east, to the east, whew, Gezer and its villages to the west, and Shechem and any and its surrounding villages to the north, as far as Aya in, and its towns. Along the border of Manasseh were the towns of Beth Shan, Tanak, Megiddo, Dor, and their surrounding villages. The descendants of Joseph, son of Israel, lived in these towns. Next up, we have the descendants of Asher. The sons of Asher were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bariah. They had a sister named Sarah. The sons of Bariah were Heber and Malkiel, who's the father of Berzeth. The sons of Heber were Japhlet, Shamer, and Hotham. They had a sister named Shua. The sons of Japhlet were Pesach, Bimhal, and Ashvath. The sons of Shamer were Ahai, Raga, Huba, and Aram. The sons of his brother Helam were Zophah, Imna, Shelish, and Amel. The sons of Zophah were Sua, Harnafefer, mm-hmm. <laughs> Harnafefer, that's a new one, Shul, Barry, Imra, Bezer, uh, Had, Shama, Shilsha, Ithran, and Bira. The sons of Jether were Japuna, Pispah, and Ara. The sons of Ula were Ara, Heniel, and Rizai. Each of these descendants of Asher was the head of an ancestral clan. They were all select men, mighty warriors, and outstanding leaders. The total number of men available for military service was 26,000, as listed in their genealogical records. Descendants of Benjamin. I think we know where this is going. I think we're going to probably get to Saul here. Benjamin's first son was Bela. The second was Ashbel. The third was Ehera. The fourth was Nohah. And the fifth was Rapha. The sons of Bela were Adder, Gira, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gira, Shephufan, mm-hmm. and Huram, Shephufan. The sons of Ehud, leaders of the clans living at Geba, were exiled to Menaheth. Ehud's sons were Naaman, Ahijah, and Gira. Gira, who led them into exile, was the father of Uzzah and Ahihud. After Shehariim divorced his wives, Husham and Bera, he had children in the land of Moab. His wife, Hodesh, gave birth to Jobab, Zibiah, Misha, Malcam, Jeuz, Sakia, and Mirma. These sons all became leaders of clans. 
Shaharaim's wife Husham had already given birth to Abitub and Elpal. The sons of Elpal were Eber, Misham, Shemed, who built the towns of Ono and Lod and their nearby villages, Bariah, and Shema. These were the leaders of the clans living in Aijalon, and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath. Ahio, Sheshak, Jeremoth, Zebadiah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishpa, and Joha were the sons of Bariah. The Zeba, Zebadiah, Meshulam, Hizker, Heber, Ishmeri, Isliah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpal. Jakim, Zikri, Zabdi, Elinai, Zelathai, Eliel, Adiah, Bariah, and Shimrath were the sons of Shimai. Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthothijah, Ephdaiah, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshak, Shamshirai, Sheheriah, Athaliah, Jerashiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jeroham. These were the leaders of the ancestral clans. They were listed in their genealogical records, and all of, and they all lived in Jerusalem. Next up, we have the family of Saul. <sighs> Jael, which is the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maacah, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jael's other sons were Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Milklah, who was the father of Shimeon. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner, he was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Meribbaal. Meribbaal was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Or Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Azmeveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Maza. Maza was the father of Binia. Binia was the father of Rephiah. Rephiah was the father of Eliasha. Eliasa. Eliasa was the father of Azel. Azel was a fa- had six sons: mm. Azrikam, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Azel's brother Eshek had three sons. The first was Ulam, the second was Jeush, and the third was Eliphelet. <laughs> Ulam's sons were all mighty warriors and expert archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. All these were descendants of Benjamin. First Chronicles 9. So all Israel was listed in the genealogical records in the book of the kings of Israel. Classic. Yeah. Pick it up today. The returning exiles. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of the exiles to return to their property in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthai, son of Amahud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Esaiah, which is the oldest, and his sons. From the Zarathite clan, Jewel returned with his relatives, and all 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hasanua, Ibnia, son of Jeroham, Elha, the son of Uzi, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephatiah, 
son of Ruel, son of Ibnijah. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were all listed in their genealogical records. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. The returning priests. Among the priests who returned were Jediah, Jehorib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Merathoth, son of Ahitub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adiah, son of Jeroram, son of Pasher, son of Melchijah, and Masai, son of Adiel, son of Jezerah, son of Meshulam, son of Meshilameth, son of Immer. In all, 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering the house of God. The returning Levites. The Levites who returned were Shemaiah, son of Hashab, son of Azrakam, son of Hashabiah, a descendant of Merari, Bakbakar, Heresh, Galal, Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jeduthun, and Berechiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the area of Nedophah. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Akab, Talmon, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper. Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kor, a descendant of Abiasaph from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korites, were responsible for guarding the entrance of the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. And later, Zechariah, son of Meshelamiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel, the seer, had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants by their divisions were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord. When that house was a tent, the gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priest who blended the spices. Mathathiah, a Levite, and the oldest son of Shalom, the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were heads of Levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records. King Saul's family tree. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maka, and his oldest son was named Abdon, Jael's brother, son of Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth, he was the father of Shimeam. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. 
Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Meribbaal. Meribbaal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Maza. Maza was a leader of Benia. Benia's son was Rephiah. Rephiah's son was Elisa. Elisa's son was Azel. Azel had six sons, whose names were Azrikim, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. The death of King Saul, 1 Chronicles chapter 10. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, saying, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it, so Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. When all the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and they fled. So the Philistines moved in and they occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa. So he stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods, and they fastened his head to the temple of Dagon. But when everyone in Jabesh-Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors brought the bodies of Saul and his sons back to Jabesh. They burned their or they buried their, bo- their bones beneath the great tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command and even consulted a medium, instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to Jes- David, son of Jesse. All right. Well, you wanted it, Chip. You got it. Okay. I got it, and we you did ins- it. You insisted on it. We so did it. here we go. Man. That was, uh, a, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. It was really good. No, I liked it. I'm just glad people will stop asking us about the descendants of Issachar. Yeah, yeah, that is just... I'm not trying to have a bad attitude, but it gets pretty old. It gets old. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, Chip and Eric, reading through the Bible, one thing that we do that makes us a little bit different from other people is gymnastics before and after our reading sessions. Yeah. Yeah, no, we answer the question, so what and where's Jesus? Yeah. So, Chip. Yeah. I know there's a billion of them. They just pop out all over the place. Yeah. But what's a good application? So what with this text? So Chip? so what do we do with this text? Well, as I, as we began reading together today, um, I began circling the word leader. Uh, the word leader. Actually, this is all about leadership. Hmm. Really, uh, most of it. Whether you're a gatekeeper or what, they were looking for great people to lead, to be in charge, to be up front. The word leader was used at least 12 or 13 times. Um, but on top of that, it was talking about people that had responsibilities of influence and leadership to make an impact. So these these names meant something. And what's very interesting to me, Eric, is right at the end, I mean, literally two verses or one verse away from the end, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saul was a leader. 
He was the leader the people wanted. He was, he was the guy that was going to make them like other nations. But he died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. His leadership failed because he took his eyes off of God. Leadership is very important to the Lord, whether it's positional leadership or non-positional leadership. We all have influence, whether you lead uh, on your team or in the class or in your home or at your church. You know, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, we're all called to be followers of Jesus. And with that comes influence and leadership. God puts a high priority on leadership. And, and really, all these people represented leaders of clans and tribes and different responsibilities they had to fulfill. And, but we see uh, that leadership can be bad if we, don't, uh, if we don't stay faithful to the Lord. And really, that's what it comes down to is faithfulness to God will help you make help make you an Im, uh, a very powerful, influential leader that makes a difference wherever God calls you to lead. So stay faithful to the Lord. If you're unfaithful, confess that unfaithfulness and turn from that unfaithfulness and turn back to the Lord. He is a God of good. He is a God who's so good and God full of grace. Yeah. So that's so what. Love that. So true. Passionate about that myself. So, okay. Where's Jesus is tricky. Yeah. Um, I wanted to find something new, something super interesting and amazing. <laughs> but really, it really yeah. does come from the rejection of Saul and the embracing of David. You yeah. know, um, the the last sentence, you know, so the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Turned it over. So uh, the, the chronicler here, the author of Chronicles, he again, you know, I just want to really reiterate this. He thinks he's writing about history, but there's something about this we know on this side that's very important looking forward. So the kingdom that was handed over to David was, uh, well, it was Israel, all of Israel, but in particular Judah. Once it splits, you know, um, Jerusalem would remain in Judah. Um, That kingdom is the same kingdom that one of his descendants is going to inherit forever. And that even though the chronicler has a certain purpose in writing this, the Holy Spirit, who's inspiring the writing of it, has a whole different purpose. And that's for us to be able to look back and see the hand of God throughout the Old Testament leading us to Jesus. And that's one way that he does it, is through this royal lineage. We are so far removed from that as you know, people who live in a, a, yeah. you know, a republic, a yeah. federal constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very removed from the idea of monarchy, so we don't really understand that as much. But when we look at this, all we need to know, we don't need to know about monarchy and kings. and All we need to know about this is that God was constantly moving, constantly working. His plan was always being worked out, and yeah. it eventually leads us to Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Jesus that's in this. That's very good. Yeah, I know I, you know, I joke about, you know, all these names and all these yeah. things we have to read. But I'm really grateful for the Chronicles for that same reason, Eric, that you just mentioned. It, it, it does show an imperfect uh, king and, 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 and people that were kind of paving the way for a perfect savior, a perfect Jesus down the road. And without these chronicles, we wouldn't see this imperfection. Right. We wouldn't see these things. So I'm, I am thankful. I don't know the names and they're different names, but I don't know a lot of the names. Uh, and they are very different and they are hard to read. But we need these names. We need the chronicles to show us that um, Jesus uh, is coming and will clear up the imperfections yeah. that were part of that day. So that's very good. Yeah, good Absolutely. stuff. Okay. Hey, you guys have a great day today. That was a good one. You're a good one. And go. Go be good. A good, good one. <laughs> uh, good one. All right. Bye-bye.